Hey, everybody. I am so happy to welcome you here today to the Shamelessly Feminine podcast. Um, today, I am talking to the writers of The Beauty of Conflict for Couples. Ooh, that sounds super interesting. <laughs> they were like, do you want to, you know, maybe we could be a guest on the podcast. I'm like, yes. Because, <laughs> yes. Because, you know, as we get older, there's conflict everywhere. It's not just in marriages. And it's, I mean, I have a teenager. You want to talk about conflict? <laughs> Um, so I would like, I would like to welcome, uh, you guys. This is Susan and Chris Marie. I welcome you and I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell everybody what you do, what you write about and, and why you're experts in this. Okay. Excellent. Well, should we start that now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Chris Marie and, um, I'm Susan, <laughs> just so you have the two voices and we live in Whitefish, Montana, and we have been working with couples for the last decade, we've been working with leaders and teams for about 20 years. And all of it is really about helping people have real conversations. Because so often we grew up with nice and polite. And so we hold back a lot of what we really want to say. And, or, and sometimes it's with colorful language. So you have to find a way to say it so somebody can <laughs> hear it. <laughs> but we're really about supporting people showing up as a full me in the face of a we. And we found our work with couples has been transformational, which is why we decided to write the book. It really uh, creating new uh, intimacy, connection, and passion through having those real conversations. I'd say, you know, if, if we were experts at anything, it is in human dynamics. And some of that is because, well, we live and work together. So we have from the standpoint of doing business together to, you know, sharing our lives together, we have come up against conflict over and over again. Mm -hmm. And we found that, you know, yeah, it can seem comfortable to stay in that security zone, but really that is way more deadly than risking getting into conflict because, mm -hmm. you know, too often you stay in that comfort zone and you get into roles and you kind of lose, it becomes either apathy or resentment starts to cook. Mm -hmm. And if, if that doesn't get addressed, you go to indifference, which is just a killer for relationships. So even though people, no one likes conflict, most people avoid it. And, uh, you know, we didn't call it the ease and the joy of conflict. We <laughs> called it the beauty of conflict. And that's because that has depth and richness and, and really brings in the differences. And that's what makes a relationship really quite, quite beautiful. So um, much more fulfilling yes. than just the steady state. Mm. So I'm curious, you bring up indifference and apathy and resentment. If, if somebody's listening to this right now and they're in that place, is there, is there a way to come back from that? Well, I think there's always a way to come back from that. It's, it's actually having the courage to risk saying what's actually happening for you. Yeah. And I mean, one point I was, Susan and I, we've been together for 20 years and, um, and we went on a vacation <laughs> and I was in that apathetic. One of our few, one of our first and few vacations. She does not like to take a vacation. So this was a big <laughs> deal. To I'm take kind a of vacation. a workaholic. <laughs> and uh, we, I, she finally convinced me to go on this yoga retreat with her. Mm. And we get there. And I, the first thing I say as we get into this beautiful open air palapa where we're going to spend seven days is, you know, I'm, I'm unhappy in our relationship. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this turd in the room sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. and she's like whoa 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 we just got on vacation and she's like can we just do and this is a tool we talk about in the book a five 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 about you in your relationship you know and it's we'll talk about 
well, but five, five, five is five minutes. I talk about the topic, five minutes, she talks, and then 15 minutes we dialogue. And so it's a contained boundary way to have a tough conversation. And as I went through that, because we did it once a day, sometimes twice a day, I really got my resentment and frustration with Susan was a lot about my not actually engaging in life the way I wanted. I wasn't doing the work I wanted. I wasn't doing any hobbies, you know, so I discovered a lot about that. I wanted to paint. I wanted to dance. I wanted to act. And, but I was, it was so easy to think it was all about her and she's my problem. And so I think you can always come back from that place. I do think a lot of couples and prior to us even working together in the business world, I, I was a marriage and family therapist. So I saw a lot of couples come in and really um, if a couple was fighting or had a lot of, a lot of heat in it, I, I didn't see that as a problem because mm-hmm. that would, you could work with that. I mean, there was a way in which, okay, you still have a lot going. The indifference is a little trickier, but resentment that still has some, some juice. juice. So, mm-hmm. you know, in couples, the, the key is helping couples realize you really can have these difficult conversations. There are some ways to build up your courage muscle and be able to kind of step into that. Both, like for me, listening, I had to be able to make the space to not just make it all about me. And mm-hmm. I, think I had to change, but to be able to listen. And over and over in our work with couples, we see, you know, we, a lot of the couples that come to our programs are about to, it's their last straw. Mm. That's what they're telling. And we've seen them turn it around just in that four or five days that in the programs that we do. So, mm. you know, I know it can happen. I've seen people, you know, ready, probably already separating, get back together because they found a way to, to, to have the right conversation. How does it happen where um, when you're a couple, whether you're married or not, you're together for many years and you lose yourself to the, to the, the other person in a way, or you lose yourself to the relationship where you forget what you, what's important to you and what you want or what you have to say. Like, what, how does that, how does that even start happening? Is it, is it, um, cause part of me hears you speaking and I, I think to myself, oh, well, this is a woman thing, right? Like we're taught as a woman and it might be interesting for you since you're in a same sex relationship, but I'm not, I have maybe a little bit of a different perspective on it, but as a woman, I'm taught as I grew up, right. That I need to be subservient to the man and it's his feelings and it's his things that are more important. And that I, you know, whether somebody sits you down and teaches you that, or you just absorb it through society over the years. And then, you know, I remember for me, when I got married, it was like, I wanted to be the woman who stays home and I cook and I'm going to make babies and I'm going to be the best mom ever. And I'm going to do all of those things. Like, and then I started doing it and I was like, what? (laughs) This is like, (laughs) not so sure this is what it's cracked up to be. But, um, again, everybody can choose their own path, but I mean, I'm just asking, I think, cause I'm also in a, in a 20 year relationship, you know, how does it, how does that begin to happen? Is it that we forget ourselves? Is it, we worry too much about somebody else? Is it that, is it a connection between the people? Can you fill me in on that a little? Well, a big thing that, you know, just in human dynamics in general, we love, we want to feel attached. We want to feel like we have someone there for us, that bond, safety. We also deeply long to be individual, autonomous. Mm -hmm. And therein lies this tension that is always there and is there in relationships all the time. Like we want to know our partner loves us, but we all, it's very hard to tolerate the discomfort when 
this person who loves me wants to do something incredibly different. And because we want that attachment so much, and I actually think that's the one it's really hard for people to admit to, because who wants to say, you know, I need you, and cling, <laughs> you know, but underneath it, we're kind of like that. Mm. And so as a result, a lot of times we feel secure in that and we're terrified of risking it. And unless we're willing to really look at that terror and recognize it, we just keep slipping away. It's kind of like a, a frog in hot water, you know, mm-hmm. it, right. you put a frog in a pot in hot water, it'll jump. But if you mm-hmm. put it in when it's cold and turn it up slowly, the frog just dies there because it doesn't know to jump. Well, that's kind of how we can be in relation. Oh, this feels so good and loving. I don't want to risk losing it. Mm. We don't always recognize that we are constantly making choices that puts it at risk because we're so afraid we may lose it. Mm. And that's kind of kind of human nature. And so we try, this is Chris Marie, we try to do those roles. Like we have a romance about what this relationship is. Like I'll be, you know, we're going to get married and have you a said. house, and, you know, all those things. And then we start going along and you're right. It's like, wait, I've got everything. And why do I feel so bad? This isn't fun. And it really is um, about waking up and, and checking in rather than what am I what am I, what's the perfect picture I'm trying to do versus how do I feel and slowing down and breathing and reconnecting with actually at a very physical level, what am I feeling and wanting? Because it is, we're trying to be so perfect for the other person and play the part that it's so easy. That's what I did. And I grew up with an army colonel dad where, you know, he was, he was pretty loud. So I was like, what, I just look at the cues. What do I need to do to please you? And that just carried on and it became career limiting after a while. And it definitely became a relationship limiting piece. Cause it sounds somewhat codependent in a way. It is yeah. exactly. Yeah. And like, you tell me who I am. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you're in the, on the other side of that, like, Chris Marie would ask me things like, do you want to go to a movie? What movie do you want to go see? Whatever and I'd, you like, want. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd tell her. And then, it, then later I'd be like, she'd well, be like, I didn't want to see I that movie. And I'd be like, wow, why didn't you just tell me? So I think sometimes each of us is doing, doing the best we can, but we don't realize like, I didn't know she had kind of learned to be a master at not saying what she wanted, you know, I assume she'd tell me. And so, yeah, we, we each have our own mistakes in it. And, you know, or... But it sounds like she didn't either. Oh, yeah, she yeah. didn't even know. Yeah, right. I didn't... Until I heard something and then I'm like, oh, no, I don't want that. But I hadn't really identified. I, I really did think my job was to figure out what you wanted and become, you know, a reflection of that or the perfect partner. And I didn't recognize that I started to lose even what I... Knowing what I wanted. And knowing how I felt. So I had to do a lot of rework, even at a nervous system level, at an emotional level, to really land back into me so that I felt more whole. Mm. And and that has brought you guys closer. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think probably for me- It's created more conflict. Mm, yes. Because I'm showing up now, I have a different opinion. Like, no, I, I want something different. And, and so she has to deal with that, but she's willing to. Even writing this book, you know, this is like, <laughs> actually, this book was easier than the first book. The first book we wrote about the work we do in business. And this one is about a couple. But, you know, we had tons of conflict writing this. Now, I have a belief that when conflict comes up, that is the essence of creativity. So I can kind of give myself like, oh, this is, it's out in the open. 
we're right in the heat of it. This is a good thing. If you know, um, I used to think this is Chris Marie. I used to think, Oh my God, everything's ruined. You know, we're (laughs) fighting. This is so broken. I want to leave. And I just kept wanting to leave Mm. and recognizing, no, this is actually when you're bumping into those differences, we're not used to tolerating that energy, Mm -hmm. that tension inside and between me and another person. Mm. But when you can learn, you can build the capacity to tolerate it. That's when you come up with new ideas, ideas that are my way or her way, but we come up with something that's really creative. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that over and over in our relationship, in the business teams we work with, and also the couples. I think it's very, um, I think it's really beautiful. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of people that are very um, resistant to looking at themselves. And that's probably causes a lot of the resistance as well, where, where people say, you know, no, you're wrong. It's this way. It's that, you know, and, and there's so many different views in the world. And I think, you know, for me, as I get older, I'm starting to, you know, my husband might say something to me and I'll be like, "Hmm, I don't know, maybe you're right. You know, where part of me is like, I want to be like, no, you jerk, you're so wrong. And like, don't point your finger at me and you're accusing me of that. Where now I can say, okay, you know what? I don't know. Maybe you're right. Let me think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, let me, let me try to think about it and put myself. And it's, it's an empathy also, I think that, you know, you're looking for from somebody and to give somebody else to, to be able to say, okay, you know what, what you're saying is stinging my ego, but I'm going to put that down for a few minutes, hear what you really have to say. And maybe you have a point and maybe you don't. And it's okay for me to come back also and say, no, I'm sorry. I thought about it. You're still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We talk about two magic ingredients and one is vulnerability. So the willingness to actually, this is hard for me to say, I'm uncomfortable comfortable. Let's talk, talk about what's happening inside, or I don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. And also being curious. Can I actually be curious in this person who I, I love, but wow, are they so different right now? It's hard for me to even consider that, but I'm going to be, I'm going to try that. I think, you know, you, you were saying earlier, is this a more about women than men? And, you know, definitely, I think we have found in the work we've done that women struggle to, they have been sort of taught to kind of keep whatever they want back. However, we have also learned, you know, most of the time we do our workshops, probably 90%, 95% of the room is, is heterosexual couples. Mm-hmm. And often the first thing, you know, some brave guy will, man will say to us, like, what are you going to teach us two women? Like, how can you possibly? And one of the things we often say is, you know, intimacy is not a gender issue. Correct. Like intimacy has to do with how well you deal with differences, how well you're willing to get to know the personality each. issue, right? Yes. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter. And that sometimes, you know, we can't say to each other, it's because I'm a woman that that's a problem. Or it's because I'm, a, you <laughs> Venus know, Venus and Mars you know, don't we, come up. You know, Mars. it's not a planetary <laughs> shift. It's, it's actually just us fighting over being right or wrong. So, you know, we have a saying, you can either be right or you can be relational. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. So in your, in your book, and your book is called The Beauty of Conflict for Couples. I want to make sure that we really get that out there so people hear yeah. that. You mentioned that many of the women you work with have worried that they married the wrong person. What happens when somebody admits that to you? You know, that's just not uh, uncommon when I have a coaching client and she's like, oh, I, I, did I marry the wrong person? And usually it's because- You've thought that a number I of have, times. I have so, thought, you know. oh my God, I married the wrong person. <laughs> If, if I could just change her, my <laughs> life would be so right. much better. <laughs> I was going to say, I've heard this many times. Yes. <laughs> and again, it's just that idea that thinking that she, it really is putting my power, it's back to the codependency, it's putting my power out here versus showing up for me. And it's a lot, a woman, 
and it's usually, we even have a little, a course relationship mojo about how to actually change your relationship. If you're just the one wanting to do the work, because so often they think, Oh, if I could change him, because we start out thinking, Oh, you're my magic person. You're going to take care of me. We're going to do all these fun things together. And then all of a sudden we start hanging out together and you're not playing the part I thought. And so I'm going to, let me just hint or maybe just manage. And I, I did this with Susan. She wasn't dressing the way I wanted to. So rather than saying anything, I brought her to Nordstrom's with a personal shopper <laughs> saying, Oh, these would look really, you know, I was doing all sorts of manipulation, trying to throw away her old clothes. <laughs> and she was just like, no, I don't like this. And so it was the more the person doesn't play the part that I want the, her to play, I start to get angrier and control and blame. And that's when I get into conflict. And really, that's just me dealing with all of my control issues. And so if I could be curious about what, why, what is it about her dressing, it's usually about me so that we look good together. And to actually acknowledge that is a whole different conversation than if I go through all that rigmarole of trying to control her to get her to be the person I want her to be. And, you know, really, you may, I don't know if you could marry the wrong person. Like any two people could have a relationship if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. I know people think there's some soulmate out there that is, okay, that's who I'm looking oh. for. The I, don't, I don't know that I even agree with that. I mean, they have, there's, there's actually a lot of data out there that supports it. Sometimes marriages that are, um, you know, when the family plans and what's it called, you know, like arranged marriages, arranged marriages last longer sometimes. And the reason is because those people know going in that, that the romance isn't there. Mm -hmm. So they, they have this, if they're going to stay, they commit to staying together for that reason. Mm -hmm. We have this notion that we have this romance that's going to, should sustain us forever. And that until we get that that's what pulled us in, but that's not going to be what keeps us there. Mm -hmm. And once we learn that, there's a lot you could discover about this person you think is wrong mm. if you get interested in them. And then you could decide, you know, there is something here. But you know. it's really shifting and having those deeper conversations that create that, that dispel that myth that, oh, if I just change her, it's going to be good. Right. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting also is one of the things that I'm hearing a lot, you know, like I said, I've been married 15 years together, 20 uh, almost. And one of the, and most of my friends are around the same numbers. You know, we all have a bunch of kids and stress and all those other things. Right. One of the things that I hear from women a lot is I've changed. I'm not the same person that married him or he's not the same person I married and we've just changed and we've grown apart and we've, you know, we have different interests now or I'm a different person. He doesn't get me anymore. Is that a real thing or is that something where you have to make a decision and say, well, it doesn't matter that I've changed, he's changed. We can still make this happen. Well, of course, we're always evolving and shifting. And I think sometimes as couples, we assume that that's going to mean it's a bad thing. But there's been, you know, various times when I mean, I, when I was a marriage and family therapist, a really famous, mar you know, marriage and family therapist, Carl Whitaker, he used to work with families all the time. And he used to say, I've been married 200 times and it's all been to the same woman. And it, because we change, we go through different stages of life and we have to be willing to recommit and discuss what do we want now? Who are we? What, where are we going? And not assume it's always going to be the same. Now, there are usually some things rooted in how we met and what drew us in that could always be nurtured and regenerated. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you, that it's all gone, but, but you do have to recognize, yeah, we do shift and change. And unless we talk about that and are willing to kind of deal with, 
oh, you're growing and going in a different direction than I thought you were going to go. This is uncomfortable for me. Unless we have that conversation, then it's really hard. Then we do end up growing apart. I think our lives can become so transactional with kids and work yeah. and, you know, you start just going through and couples are like brushing their teeth thinking, oh, where are we going to send the kids to college <laughs> and then racing out the door? Yeah, we're going on vacation. They don't actually do something that we do in business all the time, which, and it sounds, sounds mechanical, but it's have time where you're just talking about you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be long, but just talking about, hey, what's working and what's not and being willing to tolerate hearing your partner say, well, I'm, I'm happy we don't have enough sex or I'm unhappy the house isn't clean mm -hmm. or we're not doing whatever it is mm -hmm. and be willing to not try to solve it right away, but actually get underneath it. And one of the questions we talk about this in the book is asking your partner, well, why is that so important to you? So why is it so important to you that you go back to school or that you go to sports games all the time or whatever it is that is and taking the time to get underneath and that's when you start to connect with the other human versus mm -hmm. this transactional partner that we're going through life with. Mm -hmm. And um so I think you could reignite what's gotten stale in that in those different seasons we call them seasons in mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. Is there something when you work with couples that you look for that you say, okay, couples that have X, Y, Z, we know still have a connection and can work out. And then couples that have ABC, we say to them, mm, it's probably time to move on. You know, like, do you see both of that or do you see, or the people that are coming to you at the point where they're both really ready to jump in. So you tend to have more success than not. Well, I'd say, you know, because the the workshops we do, people are committing to coming for four or five days. There's a certain level of commitment that's there. Mm -hmm. So already, I would not want to weigh in and say, okay, I've seen you for a day. This is impossible. Right, <laughs> right. Because I have, you know, maybe this comes from my own experience in life of going against all odds to survive. But I, um, I kind of believe, I don't believe that there is a way to say for sure this mm -hmm. is even... I know there's some marriage and family people who've done a lot of research that say these couples don't make it. These couples do. Yeah. But I think there's always the odds that if a couple wants to, they could. Mm -hmm. So sure. There are times when I'd say, maybe you want to talk about, is this really where you want to be? Mm. Is this the relationship you want or not? And how could, because we do work with people to help them in the relationship sometime, maybe because they have kids, maybe because they're, uh, they're going to have a relationship for a long time anyway. How could you do that differently? So mm. I don't think relationships are just like, they're either working or they're not. It's not that simple. Sometimes there's this whole gray area of how do we decide to end this marriage but we're still in a relationship because mm -hmm. for other reasons or whatever. I do think know. people tend to think that they're broken or, uh, and so often, especially when we get several couples together, they start to go, Oh, we're not so, we're not so crazy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so funny you say that because the other day, you know, I have a 14 year old daughter who loves to just, I, you know, I don't want to bad mouth her. I love her, but she's spicy, you know? <laughs> and uh, I walked outside my house the other day and my neighbor's kid was screaming at his mother in the car and she'd opened the door and we heard the screaming. And I was like, oh, it sounds so good. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not the only one. That's, it's normal. Yes, it's, it's you totally forget normal. how normal these things are when it's only you dealing with it in your house all the time. It's yes. true. And I mean, we, we see couples in a social setting and we're all polite and nice and isn't this fun. You don't see when they're getting in the car or getting there arguing about the directions or, you know, all those different things relate. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, um, 
certainly grew up in a way where conflict was a fear for me um, mm -hmm. as an adult. And so I'm curious, you, you talk and you touched on it a little bit before about how, uh, you know, the key to a lasting relationship isn't romance, it's conflict. So tell, like convince me of that because, <laughs> you know, it does, conflict, um, although I'm, I'm not afraid of speaking my mind, there's some sort of history with me in conflict, I think growing <laughs> up and there's, you know, there's some sort of something. I always say that, you know, we all have childhood trauma, right? And, and when I say that, I don't mean necessarily like terrible, awful things that have happened, but we're all raised by human beings. So therefore we're all messed up in some way, shape, or form. And I am carrying on the tradition, I'm sure. But, um, you know, convince me of that, that, that conflict is, is really a key to a relationship. Well, I'll tell, I'll address the, the piece about the, the little T we call it. You can have big trauma or little trauma, but it all starts. We didn't usually have good role models and we weren't, there's no class in this. When you go to school, it's crazy. <laughs> We're always in relationship. We're always having differences and nobody's teaching us. Yeah. And I had a similar fear response. And what I had to recognize is my nervous system was on automatic pilot every time conflict came up. Mm -hmm. And I recognized it one time when we were, Susan was arguing with another person in a couple and I was just like, I saw my body, like I looked down, I got tense and I'm like, oh my God, I, that fight, flight or freeze. And I went to the bathroom and I just started shaking mm. and I came back and I said, I, I finally got, I'm uncomfortable out mm. just to interrupt it. And they stopped and they, you know, and I recognized I, that moment was a way for me to start intervening on my own behalf and recognizing I'm not at my dad's dinner table. Mm -hmm updated tape. Mm -hmm. And and then we, we talk about this in the book, like there's simple ways to settle yourself in the midst of conflict, just even as simple as feeling your feet and your mm -hmm. seat. Because mm -hmm. when I get scared, I'm up and out of my body mm -hmm. in terror. Mm -hmm. So it's a way to come back down and then find my voice. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of work to intervene because I saw when Susan would, we would, you know, I kept saying, you know, I said, I wanted to leave. We're broken. This is, this is too hard when we get in conflict. And she'd be like, no, I want to hear from you. <laughs> she'd be yelling at me. I'd be like, ah. And when she did make space for me to kind of settle and have my opinion, it was, I felt like I existed mm -hmm. and I mattered. Mm -hmm. And that was a very different feeling for me. And in, that creates the intimacy. Yes, yes. That connection. So, I mean, you also brought up, you know, Romance, conflict. Well, here's the, the irony. is like, really, romance is having a relationship with your own imagination. Mm -hmm. it's, it is, it's all projection. So that is not sustainable. I mean, the only way you can sustain it is if you don't have, choose to have any intimacy. Mm -hmm. And so the minute, like we have another statement, no boundaries, no conflict. So, and boundaries are basically self-defining. You figuring out what you want and don't want. So if you don't ever do that, if you don't show up as a full me, you may have a relationship. You won't have any conflict, but you won't exist in it. Mm. So that's how come the minute you decide to stand forward and have a voice, some people are going to like it. Some people are going to dislike it. And your partner is definitely going to have things they like and dislike. Mm. So conflict is just natural. Mm. But so on, oh, we don't like it because we want certainty and we don't want to have to be in that tension. Mm. If we could get that, that tension is actually aliveness. It's mm. not, it's where life exists. Anything else? I mean, I learned it because I had cancer four times. So, mm. and I learned I had a lot of conflict inside of me until I 
dealt with that conflict, I think it was hugely instrumental to how I moved forward in my life. So mm. now that's from the inside. That's me figuring out that conflict was vital to my aliveness. Mm. It's the same way in a relationship. But yeah, I, I don't know if you know, but I'm also a cancer survivor. And, I, and so I understand when you speak it that, in that language, I go, oh yeah, no, I get it. Because <laughs> that's a conflict of life, right? It's a conflict yes. of life. And all of a sudden you're like, well, it makes me reassess everything around yes. me. So yeah, I do understand that. And that's, that's also interesting when it brings up a good point when one person in a relationship goes through something like that and the other one isn't. Does that also cause a, a disconnect or a reconnect or however that might work? You know, does that affect the relationship? It's huge. Um, and I wasn't with Susan when she had her cancers, but um, it it is an opportunity because it's a stress on the system, and it's an opportunity. I think Susan, what you found is you had to talk about big T from the childhood, and that created conflict on the external world. But she started to get healthier. Mm-hmm. And, um, but in the stress of the relationship, anytime somebody's going through something and maybe starting to show up differently, it throws the other person. It's the equilibrium is now screwed up, Mm -hmm. but it's a chance for creativity and reinvention, just like it is for the person who's dealing with the cancer. Well, I know, you know, Chris Marie's family, she's had a brother who died of cancer and bears and, and a sister who's dealing with it. And as a result, I, I'm in this, I I see the shifts and changes she's had to make. And yes, I think they do put stressors because as soon as all that started to happen, that was when she, you know, it's when we went on vacation and she decided the relationship, you know, because she realized I don't want to just work my way into dying. Mm -hmm. And so it really did become a place of, okay, well, what if she decides to leave this relationship because she realizes aliveness isn't on this path? Am I willing to risk her finding that out? Mm. And I think because of my own experience with my own health and stuff, I realized you got to go through this. I got to give you room to figure this out. Now for her, it turned into hip hop and acting and, you know, a whole lot of other things. Well, and also dealing with the nervous system and finding my voice and being able to speak up more because I was like, okay, my brother's older, my sister's older. And it's like kind of coming at me and I'm like, how can I align my life and be more Mm -hmm. honest and, you know, true to myself uh, so that I stay healthy? Because I think that's a key Mm -hmm. part of health. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a mind body connection in that way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thousand Mm -hmm. percent. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing all of this with us. It's amazing. I wish we had another hour to talk because you're, it's fascinating and there's so many questions I didn't even ask, but if people want to know more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, they can find us at thriveinc.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C.com. That's our main website. And the Beauty of Conflict for Couples is on Amazon. And we also have a beautyofconflict.com website about the book. And uh, and we do a variety of different workshops um, that people are welcome to come and join us. We actually use horses in the work we do. So oh, that's wow. actually an incredible way to work with your nervous system. So uh, it, that's all on the website. You can learn more. And we'd Couples Mojo. To- and we also do Find Your Mojo for yeah. individuals and couples yeah. to come work with the horses. Because horses are great biofeedback machines. Yeah. You cannot lie with a the horse. They'll just walk away. <laughs> So. I, need, I need to take a lesson from that. <laughs> That's awesome. And if you are um, listening and you want to follow me, you guys can find me on Instagram at, at jenrosenbaum.com or shamelesslyfeminine.com. I appreciate you listening. And if you wouldn't mind giving us a fabulous, glowing five-star review anywhere you listen to podcasts, I would appreciate it. You guys are amazing. I hope you have an incredible day. Thank right, you, Jen. You too.